0: Hello and welcome to The Right Fight Podcast, a conversation about how to live a loving life. I'm your host, Reg Lloyd, and we're having a conversation with Kenny Vaughn. Kenny, you start chapter two of your book with, if we are to learn anything, we have to start with the basics. I learned the incredible importance of fundamentals chasing my lifelong dream of winning a U.S. water skiing national championship. Kenny, why are the fundamentals so important?
1: So, um... Just for clarity, by fundamentals I mean the the very simple things that found the formation form found, the foundation of of anything we ever want to do, and they're the things that um, that I always skipped over. So, if it, if it was baseball, you know the first thing you got to do is learn how to hold a ball, catch a ball, throw a ball, and then you, and you hit a ball off a tee, um, and so. I didn't want to hit a ball off of a tee because I look like a beginner, you know, or because I was afraid, just different reasons. I wasn't fully conscious of this, but so I always skipped over the fundamental things that if we don't get right, we'll come back to harness later. So we end up building uh, some skill on top of a broken foundation. Yeah. We get to the top of the ladder that we're climbing and every time we get to the top, it takes a perfect balancing act just to keep it upright. And we don't understand why. So we just keep trying to become perfectly balanced so that we can keep our ladder standing. When when the truth is, until we go back down the ladder and realize that we have a broken or lopsided foundation, we're never going to be able to—something's going to something's gonna come along and knock us off balance all the time. So that's what I mean by uh, a solid— foundation or fundamentals. Mastering the little things that you really want to just kind of blow by to hurry up and get to where you want to go. And and that's what I did. Um, and skiing, so um, in my case, I had spent years, they, they called me Crash and Burn Kenny, just because... And that was the worst. That made me a ball cap one time. So and said, crash and burn. Oh, no. Kenny, yeah, and he brought it to me while I was in the hospital. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'd been there for two months. And they, they thought it was funny and fun. But to me, I was like, that's not who I wanted to be. Yeah. And so uh, I wore it and for fun. But um, but I kind of was self-taught on the river. And I had some of the found, the broken foundation I had. I had worked hard to build it. And, but, and it was working to some degree. So I was one of the better skiers but I couldn't become one of the best. There was a few guys, there was nothing I could do to catch them. Then I got a chance to go train with the U.S. team coach. And I was going to get like a week and a half with this guy. And and so I was like super excited. You know, it's like the opportunity of a lifetime, I felt like. And I felt like if anybody could help me kind of break over the hump, it would be this guy. And so I go to train with him. I show up. When I get there, it's all the best gears from all over the world. You know, there's guys that, speaking foreign languages, you know, this is, it, at this time in my life for me, it was so much bigger than me and everything I knew on the river, but it was so exciting, and I was training with, sleeping with, bunking with guys that, I, you know, I looked up to, wanted to be like. But when I get there, I want them, and, and I would say not, maybe probably not in some vicious, prideful way, um, but I just, I was excited for them to see how good I was. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as good as them, but I wanted them to see I'm coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to get there. And and it mattered. I was most worried, most focused about what everybody thought of me. And so when I'm, I'm waiting my turn to ski, the, the, the neat thing about skiing in your group is everybody's got to wait in the same area. And only one guy goes at a time. And you're all talking. And you're hearing everything. Everybody's being told. And you're learning. And you're seeing. You're learning from everybody. So... Uh, my turn finally comes, and the coach's name is Jay, and uh, Jay remembers my name, which was a big deal to me. Hey, yeah. can you he? – I'm like, whoa, wow, hey, Jay knows, who <laughs> he I knows am. me. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, and I, I'm all geared up. I got my helmet on, all my gear. I'm ready to jump. Can't wait for these guys to see me. And just Jay just says, hey, man, you're not going to need your helmet. I just want you to ride your skis. And that may sound very simple, but I hadn't just ridden my skis in probably – since I was nine years old, yeah. like if I'm gonna ride my skis, I'm gonna jump. Yeah. I want everybody to see me jump. I want to get better at jumping. I mean, who? I mean, who rides their skis anymore? <laughs> you know, what I mean, I just want to jump. But Jay had ski, seen me ski before. I'll, I'm also knowing there's a reason he wants me to ride my skis. What is that? What am I doing wrong? And so I want to. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm like, this is weird and it's embarrassing. But I'm not gonna talk back to Jay. So I just said, okay, you know, I'll ride my skis. I'll leave my helmet at the dock. And I thought, man, if I'm gonna ride them, I'm gonna ride them. I'm gonna show them something, you know? And so I rode them as hard as I could, probably harder than I ever rode them. I mean, my, the rope, when I, I'm, I'm, getting so, I'm passing the boat up so much that I'm seeing the driver duck because I'm pinning the rope against the back of his neck in the front of the boat. And they stopped the boat at the end of the lake, and I'm like, man, Jay's gonna let me jump. And, I, and I'm thinking, hey, I don't have my helmet, but that's all right. I used to jump on that one anyway. I'm gonna go. And instead, he comes up to me and says, hey, uh, Kenny, um, you don't. Basically, he said, you don't know how to ski. And he introduces me. Yeah, I know, right?
0: In front of everybody.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, he stopped me back at the dock in front of everybody. And then he introduces me to this guy that's driving the boat or sitting next to him. Another guy's driving the boat. I never heard of him. He was probably 18 years old. As um, far as I know, he didn't even know how to jump. And basically, he goes on to tell me that, that this kid, and I'm just in a fog, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm going what's going on here as he tells me that this kid was going to teach me how to ski. And then once I learned how to ski, I could jump. So I don't want to talk back to Jay. You'd have to know him, but he's just, you know, he would have no problem sending you home, (laughs) you know? So he's about business. He's got a bunch of people waiting on him. Everybody that works with him becomes one of the best. And so, but I still say, Hey Jay, why don't you just give me a chance to jump and I'll show you. And, and his response uh, pretty boldly was um, until you learn how to ski not gonna jump on my site and so I thought well I didn't know you know so he gets out of the boat the kid takes over and he starts coaching me I finished that session and then how old are you at this time 20 okay 25 probably all right and so and I'm, I'm I'm ranked pretty high right like in my mind I'm thinking but 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 there's some major issue keeping me from getting any further right I've I've exhausted everything. So I'm thinking I really only have a couple of choices. You know, um, I'm sure Jay doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, he's the U.S. team coach. He probably does. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, like, he he has no idea, right? And – but only, I know I only have a couple of choices. If I go to him again, I know what's happening. I'm going home. And so I either can pack my gear and go home or I can humble myself. And I, I knew – i would probably never get another chance there again. Um, and I just decided, you know what, I'm going to humble myself. And, man, I had, I'm telling you, I had to truly humble myself, like, completely um, so that I would listen to this kid and, and allow someone who I felt probably knew little to nothing about what I was doing to help me become better at what I thought I was really great at. Mm-hmm. And so the bad news was I spent three days with this kid, And 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 I understood everything he said, and it all made perfect sense. I knew why he wanted me to do what he wanted me to do. I understood why it would make me a safer and better jumper. It all made perfect sense to me, but I could not do it. Like I had, I was so stuck. I had ground in these poor fundamentals for so long; they were my default. And there was it seemed that there was nothing I could do. As much as I knew, there was nothing I could do to override my default setting to do to get the, to get everything right. After three days, he gives up on me, and he tells some other guys on the dock that I know are actually great jumpers. Hey, one of y'all want to give him a shot? So I'm like, yeah, you know. Well, two of the top best jumpers in the world spent a day with me, and they couldn't get anything done. And they so at the end of that third or fourth day. There all the coaches are just talking. I'm sitting over, I'm overhearing them, and um, and they're like just kind of throwing their hands up. They're like, you know, we don't know what else to do. He understands everything, everything's perfectly clear. He just won't do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm trying, I can't do it. And then this guy comes walking across the dock that I know, his name's Mike Munn, he was from England, and he's a slalom coach. So he's training on the other lake. He's coming in for the evening, and he overhears them talking. And then Mike says, you know, hey mates, y'all mind if I? give it a shot. And they're like, yeah, man, just try anything you want. And so I'm just like, you got to be kidding me, right? Like I know Mike. Mike's never, as far as I know, he's never been jumping in his life. And now he's going to teach me how to ski on my jump skis. Yeah. But at this point, I'm kind of at the end of myself and I'm like, whatever, man, you know, let's try it. I'll try anything. Mike gets in the boat and he says, look, Kenny, I want you to forget everything everybody told you. I'm like, oh, that sounds good, right? And then he says, uh, "I want you. Only, I only want you to focus on one thing. I want you to push with your right ski and pull with your left shoulder. Meaning that whenever I made the turn to go to the ramp, all my pressure's on my right ski. What they were trying to do is get my shoulders so that I wasn't. F- my shoulders weren't facing the boat, where I was in a compromised position, where it was easy to be pulled out of position. You want, they want to get my shoulders away from the, my left shoulder away from the boat more." I couldn't make it happen, but when he said push with your right ski, pull with your left shoulder, like a light just went off. I thought I could do that. Yeah. And then one pass, you know, the Englishman was jumping up going, that's it, mate, that's it. And, and then everything changed. So one of the lessons I learned there was that sometimes, and I do this so much not just in skiing but in everything in life, there is a solution, and we usually are aware of the solution early on. But we don't fight for it long enough, and we start trying other things. And then over time, we try everything known to man, and then we think nothing's ever going to work. I'm totally incapable. But what we don't realize is that we had the solution early on. We just didn't stick with it long enough. We kind of skipped over it and moved on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes someone saying something to you, not just telling you what to do and why you should do it, but sharing with you something that if you do will result in what you're trying to accomplish. And so um, Mike got me there. I got a couple more days with him. And, um, you know, Jay finally let me go over the jump like I did when I was a kid, like nine years old. I had to start over again on the just riding over the ramp. He was breaking. He was like, you got to learn how to ski, then you got to learn how to jump. It, like all the way so i come back home jay tells me before i leave he says look kenny if you go back home and just go back to what you were doing nothing's going to change but if if you'll go home and do what you've been doing here just riding your skis mastering these fundamentals you know the baby stuff like hitting off a tee again if it's baseball and then taking the baby jumps until you master your ramp skills if you'll do that all summer long then it might could come together for you. So I come back home, and this was really hard because, you know, all my friends know I'm going to ch- ski with and my coach at home, my family. Everybody's like, hey, he's going to ski with Jay. Mm-hmm. He's on the brink.
0: Oh, well, they were expecting something big, weren't they?
1: Right. So I'm going to come home going for it I've ever been. Yeah. You know, and as I get home, and it was like, hey, everybody's excited. How'd it go and everything? And I'm like, man, I'm starting over. Like, so I spend the whole summer – Every set I go out there I want to hit that ramp wide open so bad man but I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And so I go I spend the whole summer baby steps. Baby steps, baby steps all the way up till probably 6 weeks before the nationals. And then I started putting it together. And and what happened was I went there thinking looking for this magic solution, this this um epiphany, you know, the thing that nobody else knows um, that, that every great coach can tell you that makes you miraculous. And I found out it didn't exist and that the real solution and that all great athletes, anybody great in anything, what they do is they, they are absolute masters of the fundamentals. And so when I took care of that stuff, the things that were holding me back, you know, the, the rickety ladder was no longer rickety. I didn't have to be perfect anymore. Yeah. I could, still, I could be a little off, and I'd still go a long way, and I'd still be safe. And so when I learned that, I, it changed the way I saw every I saw and approached everything. So instead of rolling in and thinking, I want to look like the best, I want to dress like the best, I want to uh, appear, you know, I want everybody to see me go and think that I'm the best, mm-hmm. too, that, none, that didn't matter to me anymore. I wanted to know what was the one thing that if I got it right— would create a solid foundation that would lead to me being able to be successful, and that if I got it wrong, no matter what I built on that foundation, it would never work. And so that's, that's kind of changed my perspective of how I saw everything. You know, what's, what's, what's the foundation we're building on?
0: So progress for you meant kind of going backwards for a moment progress, to master the fundamentals. Yeah.
1: yeah, so progress is not going up, it's going down. It's digging. You know, I always wanted to climb the ladder. I always wanted to go up. That was gonna be my progress. But really progress, you know, is found in digging deeper, going down to find find out what's wrong, what's broken, what's keeping what's preventing this. Because if you take care, if you if you truly take care of the fundamentals, I like to say it like this, the little things are not the little things at all. They're actually the big things. If you really take care of the little things, the big things take care of themselves. And if you neglect the little things, there's pretty much nothing you can do to get the big things to work. Well,
0: we, And you mentioned this. We see this with professional sports all across the board. NFL players still working on three-point stances, firing off the line, uh, planting your left foot so you can make a hard cut for receivers. Those, those things, they practice over and over and over again. I think Vince Lombardi is known for just hammering the fundamentals.
1: Right. Yeah, so it's, it's you've I mean they're really the greatest athletes in the world. That's that's truly what they do, you know. And they're probably the best hitters in Major League Baseball. I don't know, but I bet if you went to the training camp, they're hitting off a tee. You know where? But everybody that wants to be great is afraid to hit off a tee because we're you know what it looks. We like. look like yeah. yeah, we look like we don't know what we're doing. But yeah, so if you want to excel at anything in life, and not just sports, but anything, you have to humble yourself to begin with. First, you have to humble yourself. And you need a bigger why than yourself. And then you got to ask why to everything you're doing, and you need to look for the the thing that, if you get it right, Mm -hmm. is going to result in everything else. Just one more quick example, because skiing is so obscure and a lot of people don't understand it. But in baseball, uh, you can go to any little league park in the country especially young kids when they're just getting started playing. And uh, you sit in the stands and you'll hear coaches, moms, dads, teammates, everybody when a seven- or eight-year-old gets in the batter's box, everybody's saying, get your back elbow up. I don't know if you ever heard of you. Go to a game, just listen, like, get, get that back elbow up, get that back elbow up. Do you know that, that is, if you get your back elbow up, before you can swing the bat, you have to bring your back elbow down. So the whole world, because we believe this myth that that's the right thing to do and we don't examine it, all these kids are forming a broken foundation to swing a bat. And in, in, in order to swing the bat, the first thing they have to do is bring their elbow down, then swing the bat. It's like, it's like a, it's a handicap to get the back elbow up. But we don't know any better, so we all teach that we, and we all do that. If you go try to tell someone... Hey, or a coach or a mom or dad, hey, you know, actually, you ought to let that back elbow down. It'll help him. They're, they're probably not going to listen to it. They don't want to hear it because it's so indoctrinated. But a great coach will show you, you know, it, that you got to get that elbow down.
0: What I, what I get is that going forward means drilling down and getting to the, uh, the basics, the fundamentals, and yeah. what it requires to build upon. If you don't have anything to build upon, everything else is going to topple one day.
1: Right. And you're going to build on something. That's the key. You're going to build on something. And if you build on, the longer you build on a broken foundation.
0: Postponing the inevitable. That's right. Yep. That's right. So next uh, podcast, we're going to connect this to the fundamentals of love and the lessons that you learned uh, from skiing but you applied actually started applying to love and what you learned from that is that correct that's right sounds good yep sounds
1: all right. right well
0: this is the close of another podcast and we look forward to uh connecting with you and having another conversation with kenny vaughn the author of the right fight thanks for listening to the right fight podcast make sure to check out kenny's book the right fight for more on how to live a loving life It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.